0: Hi, how's your week? I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. This week, we're talking with an artist I think you should know. His name is Brent War, and his work is unique. It's also very cool. Before I get to telling you about Brent, I want to share some show announcements with you. By the time you're hearing this, the West Edge Design Fair has wrapped For 2022, the first actually, the first edition in Dallas, Texas. If you missed it, it was amazing, and you can still enjoy parts of it through all of the recorded conversations, panels, and events here on Convo by Design. So, if you subscribe to the show today, you can get every talk delivered directly to your podcast feed. Also, the Convo by Design 2022 Remote Design House, Tulsa project, is in full swing, and episodes and videos are being published as the content is completed. So that too will hit your podcast feed by subscribing. Finally, I, it's hard to even conceive this, but it has been 10 years, and the 400th numbered episode is being released shortly. Why do I say numbered? Because over the years, I have produced special segments like the Lone Star House of Design, Designing for Disaster, the Legends, uh, Legendary Conversation series that I never numbered. Um, They were just special series, limited run series. But the 400th numbered episode is being released shortly. I have selected a number of conversations from shows over the past years and will be sharing short clips from those and other special segments with you very, very soon. Your third reason to subscribe to the show. So check the show notes for links or simply subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Brent War is an artist who specializes in furniture design. Or perhaps he's a furniture maker who crafts amazing furniture art. Either way, and and both are right, actually, his work is sculptural and fun. Brent has a distinct, he's got this Freddie Mercury vibe, and he is one of those rare creatives who produce work you just want to touch and feel. And I mentioned in our chat that his work reminds me of the set decor from the 1988 Michael Keaton movie, Beetlejuice. I don't know if you remember the movie, but I do. It was it was really it was a special time for me. It was 1988. I'm a I'm a teenager in the San Fernando Valley in Southern California. Glenn Shaddix played the part of Otho, the interior designer. And the set was decorated by Catherine Mann. Man who worked on pictures like Karate Kid Part Three and Caddyshack Part Two, also on the TV show WKRP in Cincinnati. So I guess that yellow tape that made up Les Nessman's door is due to Catherine Mann. I'm, you know, what? I don't know if that's true. I'm gonna look into it. But all of which, all of these things, hold a very special place in my heart from the mid '80s. But Beetlejuice was was different. This was my first exposure to interior design. I didn't understand it, but I knew I liked it. Anyway, check, check the work, um, watch the movie, and, uh, and, and let me know your thoughts. So as you listen, kind of keep that in mind. This is my conversation with Brent War. But first, this. For well over a year now, You have been hearing incredible conversations, interviews, and panels with amazing creative talent as part of our wellness and design thought leadership series presented by Thermosol. It has been and continues to be an absolute joy working with the entire team at Thermosol from the top down. This multi-generational family business has been producing the gold standard in steam generators, saunas, steam showers, and steam shower accessories, for decades thermosol is the original steam shower with technology that is state-of-the-art made and manufactured in the united states the company's history with steam shower started by david altman in 1958 murray altman acquired thermosol's steam bath division in 1989 and the company is now led by mitch altman from their world-class production facility in round rock texas The most successful designers and architects are using steam showers to maximize wellness, relaxation, and enjoyment for their clients. Thermosol is a staunch advocate for the design trade, and I am so proud to have them as a presenting partner of Convo by Design and the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series. If not familiar with the entire range of Thermosol products, please check out thermosol.com. Well, good. (laughs) <laughs> easy, go, easy, easy going is perfect. It's the way it should be. Life, life's yeah. too short to be uptight.
1: Completely agree.
0: Yeah. Um, so you're you have one foot in Atlanta and one foot in New York City, or are you based in Atlanta?
1: I'm mostly based in Atlanta, but I have um, two galleries that I work with out in New York. So I'm, I'm usually up in New York probably once once every two months, once every six, eight weeks ish. Um, and, and I used to live in New York and I have a lot of friends there. So i, I kind of travel back and forth.
0: So I am a complete sucker for the origin story. Okay. Especially when it comes to creatives, um, okay. just because there are so many different ways to get to the same place. Yeah, um, completely agree. how'd you, how'd you get here?
1: Um, that's a great question. Um, I can tell you this, I can definitely, when I was in college and coming out of college, if you would have told me that I was going to be doing what I would have done and doing now, I would have laughed, um, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so a little bit about my background was born and raised in this super tiny, small conservative town in South Georgia, um, went to school in Alabama at Auburn University and studied design. And after school, um, I got my first job with this amazing firm out of New York and design firm and worked for them, um, for a little bit over a year and then, you know, COVID hit and the pandemic happened and they ended up, I think, laying off like 30, 40% of everyone who worked there. And, um, you know, so I was like, okay, that's, and so I, you know, moved back, um, back to South Georgia and then ended up settling in Atlanta about a month after. Um, and, you know, I had moved to Atlanta and I was, you know, I've never, I, I appreciate, Nice furniture and nice lighting, and that was something that really I really fell in love with at that job. We were working in, you know, five and six star hotels, resorts, and high end residential. And my team in particular was doing um, really, really designing all of the custom F and e and the lighting and all the furniture. And I really just fell in love with that. And I was like, I want to try to like build some things for my apartment because I'm broke, <laughs> and I and I, I you know want to have some nice furniture and kind of did it just as a hobby built like one or two pieces and got some good feedback and um you know was really just frustrated with the job market you know in 2020 and COVID and um you know got to third third fourth round interviews with companies and just was really pissed off and I was like screw it I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own firm I'm gonna start my own you know company and that's kind of where I started and ended up working for um fully remote for a little bit over a year for um this amazing firm and in New York doing business development. Um, so that was really great. Kind of gave me an eye into the business acumen side of, of how everything worked and proposals and contracts, how to work with clients and, you know, all that, all that jazz. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I, I just kind of fell into it and I had a really good perception and I was like, you know, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to work, work my ass off and kind of figure out what I want this to be. And that's, Anyway, yeah, that's a little bit of background, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, it's good. Where would you say you are right now? Because here's what's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. You're, you're at the beginning of your journey. You, you really right. are. Uh, you know, you put things in, <clears throat> we put things in context of, you know, days and weeks, months and years, and the, the pandemic did this kind of like time warp. Yeah. you know especially in design and architecture and people that i've been speaking with for the last 3 years it's 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 hard for me to say the last 3 years without just being like i remember day 1 it was march 12th and yep. i had i had a design influencer group gathering at a showroom in west hollywood and there were supposed to be eight designers and five showed up and the other three were like sorry not coming out i don't not know coming, what this yeah. thing is and And, by the way, I think it's really it's really interesting. Um, not that you have to be gay to be able to appreciate a pandemic, right. but I do feel like those in the gay community really do did kind of say, "Okay, hang on a minute. You know, after AIDS and being so directly affected a certain generation, being like, I don't know what this is. I'm just gonna stop and be be careful and see what this is. And it and it turned out that those who were who were cautious at the start, you know, it served them well. But what this whole thing has done is it kind of created this, this time vacuum where it's like, where did the last three years go? So years that, ago, is my, yeah. that is my incredibly long-winded way of kind of asking you, you're you've been doing this for a number of years now, but you're still at the very beginning of your journey. Does it feel that way?
1: Um yes and no i I've, I've been super fortunate and and lucky to meet some really amazing people, you know in the past like two or three years that um have kind of helped me out and kind of gave me a platform to foster my my art and my furniture and lighting and and that's been really amazing, but no, like I would be you know I, I'm at the very beginning of my career, at least how I see it, and I'm super young and I still have so much to learn and And um, I would be naive um, to think that I would not be that way. You know, I I am, I think one of the biggest personal qualities that like I hold dear is like, I'm, I want to be like a lifetime, a lifetime learner. And, you know, that's something that, you know, the minute you think, you know, everything it's like, that's the minute that that you're going downhill, you know, it's like, that's just, that's just not how I was brought up and not how I was raised. And, you know, that's not the train of thought that I, that I think um, that that I, you know, come in, come into work with every day. Um, but yeah, no, I'm still at the very beginning of, of, you know, what I hope, you know, will be a very long and exciting, you know, career in this industry and, um, and something that, you know, I'm really, I have some really exciting things coming up in the next, next year or so I'm really, you know, really excited to to kind of see where it takes off and goes to
0: tell me about your process. Tell me about your work is very unique. And, and I, I suppose yeah. you could say that about any, de- any designer, yeah. or artist, yeah. creator. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. but the way that you work, the materials that you work with and the manner in which you, you're handsy, you're, you're getting, yep. you're getting, you're getting into it. Um, you're really yep. working and plying and, and bending and morphing and, and conforming how to, How did you come, how did you come to this style and not the style in which the finished product looks, but the style in which you put it together and the way you work it and you know, were you like this as a kid? Yeah.
1: Um, great question. So, you know, I think with, with what I do, um, to be frank, I had no, you know, formal training in woodworking or metalsmithing or any of these, I guess what we would call, you know, just more, more trade jobs. Um, welding, all of these kind of things, I had no experience in any of this. And so when I was looking to try to find, um, I, was, I mean, just from a, coming from a strict business point of view, I was like, okay, where is a niche in the market and where is something that I can fill? And then also, what is the material that I can find and learn how to work with in a somewhat relatively quick amount of time, you know, within, within a year and try, not necessarily master, but get really good at what I do. Um, and, you know, not spend 10 years trying to become a master woodworker, <laughs> you know? So, um, and I really settled on, um, this like plaster pulp mix, which I've kind of created and, and then also used resins and a couple other different materials to kind of bond everything together. And then it's all, um, sanded, painted and sealed. Um, but it was all like iterations. Like I first started off with just, you know, plaster on wood and I was like, this is obviously not going to work because plaster can't stick to that. And then, you know, applying other things to it. And just, it was all trial and error for six months. Oh, honestly, actually about a year of like trying to fine tune, um, my process of like, how do I create something that's really unique and different, but it's also extremely structurally, you know, has a structural integrity that's not going to crack or chip or break or, you know, all these other things. Um, because, you know, if you're buying a console or, a or a light or what, you know, whatever it is, dining table for X amount of dollars, like it has to be, you want it to be able to be lasting, you know, it's like, you, and that's, um, and that's a whole different conversation of, you know, whether design and art, should it be lasting? Should it be, should it be something that like, you know, it's, it's only meant for, for looks, is it meant for function? There's all these other questions you can ask too. Um, we, you know, we can get in that later, but, but um, I think as a kid, I've always been a creative. Um, I guess, I mean, I knew I wanted, you know, I wanted to go to college for something creative. I originally wanted to be an architect. Um, and I actually, that's actually what I went to school for at the start. And I was like, Oh, this, this is horrible. I, I hate this. <laughs> like I hate, I hate, I, I got in my first studio, um, freshman year. And I was like, no, I have to, I have to switch, um, switch majors. This is not for me. This is, I don't want, you know, want to be sitting behind a desk redlining all day for the first couple of my years on no, this. is not what I want to do. Um, <laughs> And, um, but yeah, the, the process is something that I'm still evolving and I'm really excited, um, going into the fall and, and next year, I'm going to start incorporating some different materials into my products, which I'm super, super excited about and growing, um, in my knowledge of those things. Um, I hope that answered your question partially. <laughs> I, I,
0: it's, it's funny. I, I have no expectation for any of the questions I, I, I yeah. asked yeah. you. I just, I, I'm asking because I'm curious and, you know, your, your work is very, very unique. And to be, to be quite honest with you, it looks like it's a ton of fun to do. You look like you're having a really good, it looks like you're having a really good time. And that, that, you know, something that you said where you were like, you went to school for architecture and you're thinking, no, this is, I cannot think of anything further from architecture than what you are doing now.
1: Yeah, yeah, so true. I mean, I think what's really amazing about my work is um,
0: everything is made by
1: hand. Um, nothing, you know, everything is made in my studio, me and my studio assistant here in Atlanta. And, you know, we have some amazing, like, um, I have an amazing glass blower and a metal smithing guy that I work with, but pretty much everything is made by me and my assistant. And um, what's what's so great is, is it's, it's all, everything is formed perfectly. And, and what's, what's or, excuse me, unperfectly, um, and what's what I love is like all of my work. Um, I can make two pieces of the exact same type of furniture at the exact same time, and they're going to look a little bit different. And I personally love that, and that's what you're when you, you know, if if I were to do a piece for you or you know for a client, it's like if it, it's gonna have a handmade, hand touched feel. Like you, you're gonna look at it and be like, oh, someone made this. This was not made in a factory overseas. Like someone time and spent you know hours and hours like actually forming and making this and that's you know it's like you're, you're getting a piece of me
0: when you buy something from me you are listening to my chat with brent war we'll be right back so listen wallpaper is having a moment a well-deserved moment that is allowing designers to craft and create in new and amazing ways confo by design has a new partner this year This partnership includes participation in our remote design house Tulsa project, of which you will be hearing a lot about this year. I've been working closely with an exclusive group of partners, and I am absolutely thrilled to be working with York Wall Coverings. This company has been crafting exquisite wall coverings for over a century, with an archive that dates back to the early 18th century. This deeply rich history provides inspiration for the future and the designs available through the York Wall Coverings Studio have long been lauded for their authenticity and craftsmanship. This art, artistry, and history, combined with a commitment to continually reimagining the manufacturing process, allows York Wall Coverings to provide a consistently exquisite product. For options and inspiration, find them online, yorkwallcoverings.com. You can also find their store locator tool, online at yorkwallcoverings.com for a location near you. I have a, a follow-up to that um, that also relates to the origin story. I, I'm curious. I was speaking to another creative recently uh, who, who has been doing it a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but we, we, we got into this conversation about um, starting the business. Right. And how, how did you start the business? And how did you grow the business? And how did you scale the business? And I kind of want to ask the same line of questioning of you because I find it so fascinating now. I think also one of the things that the years, and it's funny, Brent, I'm gonna to get to the point where I'm gonna stop saying the word pandemic because I'm just so yeah. tired of it. But I'm just gonna yeah. call it a, a, a blip in time, but we've got this blip yeah. in time between 2020 and 2022 where the, the business, was completely turned on its head. Everything that you used to be able to rely on, right? P- pricing, supply chain, quality of materials, delivery times. Relatively speaking, the 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 manner in which um, the manner in which product was actually delivered. And I'll, so I'm working on this design house in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and oh, right I've there. told the story. I've told this story a bunch of times, but you know I, I, I'm doing it room by room because I'm a content creator, so I'm not selling tickets to it and people aren't touring it. It's actually a remote, it's a real design house, but it's a remote project where I've got designers and creatives from all across the country working okay. on this space in Tulsa. So last August, so August, sep- sorry, September of 2021, we specified and ordered all of this product. Well, it didn't get here until mm-hmm. mid-June, 2022. Right and of yep. the 22 23 items that were delivered over half were damaged in some way shape or form yep. of those that were damaged or not damaged but of those 22 23 items over half of them were discontinued
1: yeah oh god yeah because they can't because they couldn't get the parts and they can't make the labor yeah of
0: course yep so you, so you get to you get to repairs yeah. delivery issues respecification so i everyone that I have spoken to over the last couple of years in the business has had to change what they do in some way, shape, or form. Now, because you are starting at at this sort of ground zero in this new reality, I kind of want to dig in a little bit on how you started the business. There's a lot of artists out there that nobody will ever know because they don't get they don't get any publicity. They don't get any, any, any traction. Mm -hmm. How did you, how did you start the business? How did you form the business? How do you get the publicity and attention you need? And how do you specifically work your partnerships? You talk about an assistant, you talk about a, a metal worker. How do you form your partnerships?
1: Yeah, this is all great. I think, you know, just being honest, I think the biggest thing is, is there's a, there's a level of like, you have to want it like owning and running and operating your own business is, is it, it's fucking hard. Like, it, like, it's not easy. And I think some people think that, you know, and especially creators and an artist in general, you know, they don't, I don't think we realize sometimes like what it actually takes to make a business successful and to actually like be netting profits, you know, um, because we get so caught up in, in like in our product or our creative process that we think we're making the best stuff ever. But like, no one's going to know who you are. Like if you're not, you know, if you, and also there's a level of like, there's a level of buy-in and pay-in that like, you know, if like you really want it, like you may have to pay a PR agent X amount of dollars a month to do this. you like need to hire probably staff? Like you need to do the, your research and like, you know, and then you also get into the entire like other side of like the, like the, the legal LLCs. Like how, how are you setting up your business as a corporation? Like all of these other things that um, I, I think that I was, A little bit um fortunate like I my dad started two companies from when I was when I was little and so I had the the privilege of growing up in a you know in a in a family where he was like you know like the best way for you to to actually live the life you want to live is to be your own boss you know and I and I was have always been told that from from an early age and and um so I think I was a little bit fortunate I guess to to have that, um, to ask his advice on things, but at the same time, it's, you know, I I really wanted this. And if I, there was like a, there's a level of financial investment that, that, that you have to, if you want to do it and, you know, at least you have to try, you know, you you have to start somewhere and, and give that investment. But, um, for me personally, and I guess a little bit like on more on my story is like how, you know, I, I, um, kind of started the business process. So I, you know, registered everything as like an LLC and I just did that at the end of 2020, January of 2021. And um, during that time, um, I had actually just started um, working fully remote for a firm out of New York, another interior design firm and a a, a top tier, amazing firm.
0: And I was actually
1: doing business development for them. Um, And so I worked in BD for a little bit over a year with this firm at the same time. And they knew, they knew exactly, like I had told them going into it, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm FYI, like I'm working on my own, like furniture, lighting, like art, you know, I'm, I'm working on all of this stuff um, just so you're not in the dark of anything what I'm doing. And I'm very, very aware. And, um, but yeah, I worked there and I knew I wanted a job working in BD because I was like, this is going to give me the level of business acumen that I need to then go and run my own company at some point.
0: Um, you know, I didn't know if I would stay with them
1: for a year, two years, three years, four years. You know, but I was working all of 2021, um, probably for about 10, eight, eight to ten months, around 70, 80 hour weeks, trying doing both. I was doing my company, and then I was also, I was while well, I was putting my, you know, my corporate job first, and then doing my company on the side. So I was working weekends, I was working nights, um, and I think there's a level of of honestly mindset um, that every day, like you have to to whatever you have to do, whether that be a podcast or whether that be reading a book or taking, you know, 15, 20 minutes to meditate or like whatever that may be for whoever in the morning um, to start your day and get your head in the right place of, okay, this is what I'm doing. Um, I'm like, I'm fostering, you know, this idea of like what I want to do. And, and I think mindset is so big um, and fostering that on a daily basis to like allow you to reach, you know, your goals, even if it's going to be hard. And I think that's when even we get into a, whole different topic of my generation and um, we want everything now you know, we want we want it now we wanted it yesterday, we don't want it now, we wanted it yesterday and I think that's what a, a lot of people don't under, at least some you know, either peers or like other people whether it be friends or other people in the industry um, or other young creatives you know, they they want something now but don't want to put the work in to get it um, and they don't want to also not only put the work in, but even they're putting the work in, they don't want to have to sacrifice X to get you know, something five, 10 years on the line. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of, I guess my, my opinion on it. Um, So I I can guess I could go and be, if you
0: want me to be more specific on things, I can do that too. Yeah. No, specifically. So with art, it's really interesting because you're so subjective. Like you can't, you can't take your work and put it next to, you know all kinds of manufactured goods in a in a showroom Correct. and your work is not going to be mistaken for anyone else's right Correct. which Correct. is which is good which is good and bad it's a blessing and a curse because you're right. going to get a designer in there who says oh my gosh my client is going to absolutely love this and then it's it's a no brainer a client falls in love with a certain style or they say mm-hmm. I'm not sure if my client is going to to love this. Now, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. The moment I saw your work, I absolutely fell in love with it. I am a Thank huge you. fan of. Do you do you remember the movie Beetlejuice? Yes, yes, I get that
1: all the time. Beetlejuice, Flintstones, I get all kinds of stuff.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't get Flintstones, but I do get Beetlejuice because yeah. I grew up with that movie. And what I love about it is not that it looks like what was in the movie or not that it's it's stylistically the same Mm -hmm. but i i love what your work does for me is it elicits a response
1: yes and that's all i can hope for that's like that is the best that is the best like thank you i appreciate that
0: yeah and it's and and i i make the connection again not because it looks like it but because i absolutely love that movie it's one of those things like there's movies and music Right. Uh-huh. So I grew I grew up as a teenager in the San Fernando Valley in Southern California listening to New Wave. So when I hear, an, a, you know, like a New Order song, when I hear Blue Monday, like I am transferred back there instantly. Right. 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 And Beetlejuice was one of those movies that really, like, affected me when I was when I was young and I'm and I'm growing up. Uh-huh. And hopefully they don't remake it. Hopefully it's not yeah, one of the movies. Yeah. that they, Right. But because of that, that was actually. My first—I'm not a designer, Brent. I—I mm-hmm. I, I don't. I come from broadcast. I don't come from this industry. Right. But I have always loved design and architecture. And when I was a kid, that movie was my first exposure to interior design. That was the first time I—that was the first time I ever recalled that, like, oh, oh, someone will come. My parents didn't. We didn't have an, an interior designer. Right. So I mean, needed to wait. Yeah, yeah, needed to wait. So someone could come in and actually style the the manner in which you live. What a cool idea. And then it's like, wow, that's, you know, that's amazing. So yep. th- for, for you, that's gotta be like, that's the end goal is to elicit a response.
1: Right. Completely. And, f- and, and what, and, and to kind of go off of that, um, the response can be good or bad, but I don't care as long as, as long as someone I'm serious, like as long as someone can form an opinion, I've done a good job. Um, because I, I think my biggest thing is, you know, it's like, I want to have a particular style and obviously my style will progress and grow. Um, but I want to have a client or someone look at it and be like, Oh, like that's amazing. Or like, Oh, I really don't like that. You know, I would much rather have both of those, both of those, um, sides of the equation than someone be like, "Eh." you know,
0: First and foremost, do you consider yourself leaning more as an artist or as a furniture maker?
1: Um, as as an artist, I, I, what I kind of, I call myself as a functional artist. So that's kind of the term I've, I've kind of given myself. Um, I, I, so I also like, so I have, you know, current existing collections. Um, but then I'm also more so of my business is getting into like the collectible design world. And so having, creating pieces that are limited edition or, one of 12 ever made or one of a kind, that kind of stuff. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's my favorite work to do because then I get to, to really express exactly what I want and I, and I want, I want to create and don't really have to think too much about, um, the client or retail side of the, of the equation.
0: And it's funny too, because I was looking at your Instagram uh-huh. And your Instagram is really unique and interesting because all too often what people will do is they will, they will move on to a new chapter in their life uh-huh. and then they will completely erase everything that happened yeah. prior to that. You didn't do that. No. <gasps> and I find that really interesting. You know, um, because
1: yeah, I, I, mean... I... Go ahead, go
0: ahead. Sorry. No, 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 Please.
1: No, I yeah I think a, a part of it you know it's like when you buy one of my pieces you're buying me like like you're you're not buying a piece of furniture from China it's like you're buying Brit War like that's that's what you're buying and um I, I think it's very you know obviously we're all private um but I, I I like my I guess my social media to like also reflect a little small bit of my personal life I think that's very important um that's just me personally it was like because I'm I'm using my last name as my brand you know it's it's not like I've created this whole um, branding guidelines of how I want to do everything, which I mean, I have done that somewhat, um, but you know, it's like, this is my brand is my face. It's me. That's, that's what, that's what you're buying. Um, you know, you're, you're also buying like, if like it's a, I mean, there are definitely clients that, you know, they're, they're going to love the piece, you know, they don't really care who it is. I mean, that's great. I've had those clients, but I really love clients who actually we get to connect and have a conversation about the piece they're buying or just, and for me to get to know a little bit about them and share some of my own story, you know?
0: And you and I have been to many of the same places. You're, you're a traveler. You like to move around.
1: I, I do. I, I enjoy travel. So I, I haven't done it actually much since, since, um since the pandemic, but. Um,
0: oh really? You haven't?
1: A lot. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I've been back and forth in the States. Like all, I mean, I've been to Miami, New York, like LA, you know, I've been, I've been to places in the U S but. I'm actually prepping for um I'm going to I'm actually taking two and a half, three weeks off to go to London and Paris um in September, which is really exciting. I'm I'm very excited about that because I haven't been overseas since in since 20 2018. So I'm I'm excited to to go over there.
0: It, what's it what is it, what's the process for you and what's the goal? I mean, do you do you want to stay residential? Do you want to get hospitality? Do you want to go commercial? Where Where do you envision your work winding up, if not now, then in the near future?
1: Um, yeah, great question. I, I think probably two of those fit pretty well. So like I said earlier, you know, my business, I have um, standing collections and they can, the price point is a little bit lower. Um, and so those can be used for residential, um, some commercial, honestly, and, and then hospitality, um, there, the price points are lower to be in that, you know, be to more mass market, but, and then I also have the other side of my business where I, I do more so of my collectible functional design that the price point typically that's going to, you know, high-end residential or collectors, um, in particular who are like, these are, you know, um, art, art collectors, dealers, um, furniture collectors, that, that type of stuff. Um, you know, and that's, I, I personally think that I can grow in both of those ways, um, and, and have two sides of my business that I'm working on. Um, I don't think you have to be exclusively one way or out the other. That's just my personal. And, but you know, in, in five years, that may change.
0: Um,
1: to, to, on the, the side of things, which I love the most, I honestly love the more collectible one of a kind, you know, limited edition pieces because it allows me to be a little bit have a little bit more creative freedom with things and, and some, some more fun. That's what I've, love doing um but then also like from a business standpoint i mean if things are selling well on existing collections like why would i why would i stop stop that and they're, and they're also still beautiful products that i love you know
0: i i do and as it well, it's funny because i asked the question as as we talk about this i you know i i try to get inside your head a little bit and wonder what it would be like for you you know you're in new york city you walk into a you walk into a skyscraper, you walk into the lobby
1: of a, <laughs> of a
0: major skyscraper, Midtown Manhattan, and you see a 20 foot long white desk counter that is yep. one of your stools or one of your chairs or one of that looks exactly like that. But in this case, it's 20, 25, 30, 50 feet long where right. everybody's just it's it's part of it's part of a or or the the front desk of a hotel. Do you ever think yep, about okay. that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm actually, um, uh, and that's, that's like a huge goal of mine, like moving into, into 2023. Like I would love to get a massive hospitality project. Like that would be so exciting for me. Like that, it'd be a huge challenge. Like I also like, I, I'm trying to, I try to challenge myself to the designer and, and, and an artist all the time. And so something of that scale would be really, really challenging and fun for me. I know, um, I'm, you know, currently in the process of like negotiating on, I'm um, doing this full bar build out for, for a bar here actually in Atlanta. That's, that's really exciting. This new, um, kind of concept that's coming in 2023. Um, and so I potentially, if, if, you know, things all go to plan, we'll be doing like a, like a 15 foot, um, foot bar build out that'll all be like with, with like hanging things for all the glasses. It's, it should be really cool. So we'll see, but yes, that's something that's, I would absolutely love to do like a big commercial or hospitality project like that. Um,
0: And then back to, back to the business and development, you've done this before you've done the business development side of things. So how do you, how do you work as artist and as business development director, as sales manager at the same time, or do you, do you have somebody else who does that for you?
1: Um, no, I, I do everything right now. Um, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think, um, sometimes I think people can overthink things. Um, at the end of the day, all this is about is client relationships. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if, if we, if we're, it's like, who do you want to work with? Do you really enjoy working with this person? Do you have a good relationship? If you have a good relationship, then they'll probably buy from you and order from you. You know, it's like, so it's, it's, I think some people can be, and I've I've been you know, I've done this before is, you know, be really aggressive up front and be like, Hey, like, I, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. I'd love to sell you something
0: rather than like,
1: you know, Hey, like, this is my company. I'd love to even just go grab coffee with you. I'd love to go. And like, I would love to take 20 minutes of your time and show you my collection. Like, I'm not expecting you to buy anything. I would love to just try to foster a relationship with you, maybe for something in the future. You know, I think coming at it from a place, from a business standpoint of being very humble and open and not wanting anything in return, like that's how you're going to actually build, build a a growing and, and, you know, a business that's also going to be fun for you and fun for your clients. Um, You know, I think it's, it's not, at the end of the day, it's not all about the bottom line, even though it, it, there are definitely days where it is. Uh, But yes, I I personally think it's, it's all about relationships. And, um,
0: but yes, I do do
1: all three of those things and it is definitely challenging at times. And that's, also, partially why I hired a full-time studio assistant. Um, she's been working with me for, for about a month full-time um, just to take some of the production off of my end where I'm still working and helping make everything. Um, but I'm definitely kind of more in a creative director role, but still also, like, I think it's also very important to still be hands-on with the things I do um, and still making sure that everything is exactly how I want it. And I'm, I'm still... I also think it's very important to there's a level of like leading by example of, you know, it's like cause some of the stuff we do is like, it's hard work, like sanding for hours and hours and hours on end. some of these pieces. And like, I also think it's very important just to, to show the people that you work with that you you've been there and you've done it before and helping them like sand and like plaster everything and like being very involved with the production is very important. Um, Just just to show that you can do it and have done it. You know, rather. and
0: part of that and part of that is sorry, finish the thought. No,
1: I was done. I was done.
0: Because I was, was going to ask you, you made me think about something else, and that is the actual facility from which you yep. work on this. Um, not everyone can have a studio in a in a two car garage or of their own. So you have a shared space. How does that work? So- how does that work, by the way, just out of curiosity? So you want to do an interview, but someone's in there welding. I'm just curious when it comes to welding and noise and sanding and, 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 and plaster splatter, how does it all work?
1: It's challenging. So, okay, so we have basically, I'm in this, you know, big shared studio space in Atlanta. Um, it's in this like old warehouse. And within the massive space, there's, you know, like co-working spaces in terms of like, there's like a little small wood shop and there's like a metalworking space. And there's, you know, other little small things around it. Um, but then I have my own individual studio with like closed walls and everything within that larger space. And so do other, other, you know, whether it be makers or artists or like whatever they are. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's challenging (laughs) to, um, to be able to, you know, have a conversation with you or with a client or something where like, you know, it needs to be quiet and in a professional setting. Um, and, I don't personally love taking calls from the car, but, you know, sometimes I have to, or either, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll plan my day around, like, if I have a meeting at X time, I'll make sure that I go to the coffee, to a coffee shop and just take, you know, to do that. It's very frustrating. I, you know, I'm in the process of um, potentially, you know, looking around for like my own space. We'll see what, you know, what kind of happens. It really depends on the market. Um, But yeah, I'm kind of getting to a point where, I am needing and wanting my own space for a multitude of reasons.
0: I would imagine. And, and that's also uh, the biggest part of, of growth is being yep. able to find raw materials, space to work, and the time to do it. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, but I mean, the, the good thing is, is like where I'm located right now, um, like I have the metal fabricator that I use, he's literally like four bays down from me. So like 0.1 miles from where I'm at. And then the people I work with that like hand blow my glass, like they're like two miles away. So it's like very conveniently located and so there are some great, um, benefits, but yeah, I'm, I'm just getting to a point where I, um, really need and want, you know, my own space. And, you know, I think that's, that's, a, that's a goal that I plan to have in the next year um, as a, as a space for, um, for my own, um, wants and just, there's, there's things that I want to do that I'm just not able to do because it's not my building, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Brent, this, this was really great. This was fantastic. I thank you for making the time to do this. I, I am going to, um, I'm excited to follow your career because I, I think it's going to be really exciting and I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for taking the time today. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much, Josh. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for, for all those who are listening, um, if interested, as always, check the show notes, and uh, there will be links to Brent's social and, uh, and website. Brent, thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. I know you love talking about great partnerships the same way I do. Let me tell you about an incredible design partner who is working with us on the Convo by Design Remote Design House Tulsa project, Franz Wigner a company created in 1899 in Attendorn, Germany. They started manufacturing brass beer taps. In 1921, the company expanded to Buenos Aires, manufacturing brass faucetry. The company launched in the U.S. in 1992, and Franz Wigner Premium Collection began in 2008. Franz Wigner crafts high-quality premium faucets with the objective to create a a design-oriented luxury product that exceeds the standards set by world-class designers and architects. Pretty heady stuff, and they do it. If you see a Franz Wigner faucet, it is stunning. You use Franz Wigner faucets, and they perform flawlessly. Product you can depend on after over 120 years designing a truly stunning faucet line. For more information and to check out the entire line of faucets, visit franzwigner.com. So I'm going to spell it for you, right? (laughs) F-R-A-N-Z-V-I-E-G-E-N-E-R dot com. Thank you, Franz Wigner. Amazing, amazing, super fun. Thank you, Brent. Special thanks to Convo by Design uh, sponsors and partners Thermosol, Moya Living, York Wall Coverings, Franz Wigner, and Article Furniture. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to listen to Convo by Design. I produce this show for you, those in the design industry, to hear what others are doing and hopefully provide you with some inspiration to do that thing you're doing. Remember why and for whom you craft and create. Please subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode. You can find us everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Thank you. Have a great week and take today first.